top of the morning to you. Because it's St. Patrick's Day. You get it? You get it? It's awful. I get it. I'm wearing green. Thank, thanks. Social. I hate it. Is, is that the cold open? <laughs> I think reals? that's cultural appropriation. I was actually about to say it was no, cultural it appropriation. Our... And I drank it. I'm All these white people out Mexican. in the streets and other people, they should get off the streets and respect Irishmen and stop trying to appropriate their heritage. I saw a guy that took because they dye the river green in Chicago. They uh-huh. took and green screened it and put like lava and all kinds of different things. <laughs> and it was really funny. Awesome. <laughs> That's pretty rad. That's genius. Welcome to Black Mesa Radio, everybody. I am your host Josh with Seth, Chase, guest host Andrew, and guest host Denton. Yeah, we'll okay. just abbreviate it as Ghost. Ghost. <laughs> okay. Ghost. Denton's over Skype, so he's like a ghost in a machine. Exactly. So terrifying. Today's topics are ancient science, social media, and everything in between. Let's get going. Science, space. Uh, space and everything space. in between. Oh, thank you. Space. You can't forget space. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. Now you're unmuted. <laughs> Josh is now censoring us. Yep. That's what social media is doing. You're one of them. That's how that happens. Denton, can you talk? I accidentally turned you down instead of the music. <laughs> y- yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm good, right? <laughs> yeah, you're good. You're, you're good. good. That delay of that song, the bass slapping, there's a bit of a delay, and so it's trying to catch up at the same time through the Skype call, <laughs> and it was kind of freaky. It's freaking you out? Sorry, man. Musician <laughs> talk. Yeah, the musician others, corner. The others had no idea what we were talking about. They were lost, nope. like we were speaking another language. So, oh man, that pedal—it has all that texture in it. Mm. Mm. <laughs> See, guitar talk. It's really wet and dark. I love it. We just oh, lost our one. I subscriber. hate guitar players so much. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay, so uh, Ditton, you wanted to talk about social media. Because last week we talked about social media and you enjoyed that and we're diving on that and you had some more to say about it. So what is it? Oh, well, social media is like this platform or <laughs> the current. Pl- uh-huh. I don't know what the definition of social media is and I couldn't finish <laughs> out that joke. I apologize. Webster's um, Dictionary defines social media as so media that is social. You guys were having a really, really good conversation last week about the different different aspects of social media. And one of the things that I was kind of thinking about, because like podcasting it is also involved in social media absolutely like the different forms of it are pretty interesting so this is going to be kind of offensive and i apologize to seth yay but go for it you you were talking about how you were typing out some things and trying to change somebody's mind and i was sitting there thinking remembering back in the day like i hated seth on facebook (laughs) (laughs) dude i think we defriended each other at one point yeah i think we did i really think we did (laughs) Uh, yeah. But the difference is I listen to you on this and I agree with you more than anybody else on the table just about. Wow. But on, but on Facebook, <laughs> I freaking hate your guts. <laughs> and well, like, like, I'm not trying to, you know, like I don't actually hate you, of course. No, I don't. It's, I, I think that's really interesting. I, probably the biggest reason is it's impossible to figure out tone. Tone and intent. Oh, yeah. Tone and intent. Like that's uh, I have a rule. No correction, direction or teaching over text message. Of any kind, so like no emails, no text, no, because you will, you will always read it to whatever mood you're in to the worst power. Yeah, I think uh, Key and Peele did a whole skit over that. Hmm. What was it in? Correction, direction, teaching. Yeah, 
So like if something's okay. going on, you got to like direct something or correct something that's going on. I will get up and go have the conversation instead of sending the email. Yeah, sure. I, I can see that sometimes my immediate reaction to certain things is just going on the defensive. Yeah, me yeah. too. Yeah, even though like, but what helps me, I think I was like, okay, it's this person. I know who he is I'm trying to figure out like how, how would this happen in person? In like, person, honestly, sure. I, I have to start thinking about that because yeah, it, it can be bad. And what helps me, I have rapport with some people on Facebook that I like don't talk to in person anymore. And so after like long bouts of conversation, I finally am able to like understand their tone despite not having it because we've had pretty extensive conversations on, on like the in person before, or you're saying no, exactly. just, oh, just, just on Facebook, but it just yeah. takes so much we, longer. We had yeah. to make things very clear about how we felt about things and what our intent was at that time. And so I now just apply that to everything that they say now. And it's helped you a lot. You see, that's, that's so much effort. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Friendship is a lot of effort. Well, I mean, you yeah. can see how Facebook it takes, is too much effort, I feel like. It takes so much effort to do that via the written word. Yes, definitely. In some ways. Yes. I mean, and they talk about how much communication is nonverbal. Right. Um, even when we're talking here on the podcast, it helps being able to see each other. Uh, you know, 90% of communication is nonverbal, so... You know, when you're trying to communicate via Facebook message or text or something like that, like yeah, how much you're, get easily gets so lost. So you're talking like even more gets lost than that 90% because you can't, like, tone is part of like verbal, right? Tone and yep. uh, pauses, timing, yeah, whatever. Yeah. So. Inflection. Yep. Yeah. Emphasis then, on the wrong syllable. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> then it's, it's kind of okay that you hate me on Facebook because I kind of hate me on Facebook too. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> so. well here's, here's the thing. Like, I didn't. There's a long period of time where I just I was getting real sick and tired of Facebook and not liking my friends. Yeah. Because of Facebook. So I, I haven't deleted it, but I haven't logged on in probably weeks. Sure. You know? I mean that and makes sense to I, me. I probably get on maybe an hour every week. And total. One of the other things that is lost in that ninety percent that happens when you're communicating face to face, um, is often the ability to empathize with somebody yes yeah like you part of the what you learn as a as a young person growing up and in all the different interactions you have is you begin to understand how to empathize with people around you and i i think it's a it is somewhat of a concern in today's social media environment and young and young people growing up today that are inundated with that um i think there's a real risk of of a deficit of empathy um i agree for people and if they're only really communicating to them in these non face to face ways, um, you easily see how the tone and the um, the diction of them it just gets very visceral very fast. And there's because there's and there's no shame or empathy for other people. It's just it's just an attack, an attack, an attack. And you yeah. would never say that to somebody face to face, but online no. or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's really it's easy. There are a couple different things there, like. It's really easy, like Chase said, to interpret everything like defensively or whatever anyone else is saying as an attack. Like that's extremely easy to fall into. And, you know, even if you get in the habit of like reading something two or three times, yeah. you can still kind of like feel that way. Um, what was the other Sit thing? back. That's why, that's why emojis are and, and kind of an important thing. Yeah, yeah. So, they, so they, have, they have created part of our new language of communicating. And they really media. have. They like they're super important as far as communicating those different pieces of tone over text. 
Oh, you're talking about the emojis. I missed that. Yeah, emojis. Sure. Not the movie, but <laughs> the actual characters. It's fascinating that you bring that. I actually just read a recent article that was discussing um, the slow creep. Uh, and they, were, they weren't saying it as a negative thing, but just uh, the slow creep of emojis into the legal language. Wow. Interesting. Um, and how um, emojis are making their way into courts and court cases um, because like, that's how people are communicating like these days. Yeah. So, so yeah, so when they prevent, present evidence of something from someone oh, right. and it's via text or email or something and they've used emojis, the prosecution and the defense try to interpret those emojis differently. Eggplant. Say, how does the, the court reporter put that here, in? Here's the how defense. the emoji typically gets used and is typically <laughs> understood and that you know, can help build their case around that or they can use it as a defense or something. And it's in it's apparent they were talking about it in a very, very narrow mindset because emojis still don't make it actually into the court record. Mm-hmm. Like the the ones that you can you right. know, go and ask for and stuff like there's nothing. I see what you're there. saying. Like the emoji. Well, they have to interpret it exist. some way to, to print. Sure. So and so it's, it's so even the courts now are trying to come up and, and get ahead get with the times with emojis and stuff and it's really your honor clearly my client did not mean that because he used the winky face right after that <laughs> winky no winky face winky I, and i was about to say it's like yeah. no that was andrew he just uses the winky face every time that's right i'm always winking it's a it's a i'm tick, assuming actually. this is a black mirror reference <laughs> no he literally no, uses like, winky face all the time in his oh face. okay because yeah. i was gonna try to play my bingo game of black mesa radio bingo oh yeah oh yeah black well mesa. you can mark it off since you brought it up john Sorry. dies at the, uh, end. the bible darted. uh uh, what else? Space. Space. <laughs> Chase doesn't believe in dark matter. Uh, so, electric so, universe. Um, what else? Stop, stop, please. So anyway, I actually, like, I consider myself not having a Facebook at this point. Sure, sure. Uh, I, I haven't had it on my phone in three years. That's yeah, good. So, yeah. Hogs up all the data. Like, I remember reading on my phone the battery usage. And Facebook was four hours of battery usage every day or something okay. stupid like that. Yeah, that's just, ridiculous. That was the day I deleted it. But uh, so <laughs> that was what that was the straw that broke the camel's back was battery usage. Well, yeah, it was. It was because <laughs> I was using my phone as a tool at that point for my job, and sure. I was constantly communicating with people, <laughs> and I needed more more life out of my phone basically. Yeah. But long story short. I kept remember getting on there and feeling like either one, I'm getting into a fight or two, I'm just going to be just scrolling endlessly. Yeah. Right. And then I'd close it down and then I'd open it right back up. Hmm. And yeah. like I kept finding myself doing that. So I just removed it from my phone. And actually this week I pulled Instagram. I was talking to my girlfriend, Francine, and we were, we were coming back from lunch and I was like, I think I'm going to pull Twitter, Instagram and and Snapchat off my phone. She's like, really? Why? And I was like, I don't know. I just, and so I just did it. I didn't even think about it. I just did it. And I feel so much better. Yeah. There's such an amazing time suck and you don't even realize it until well after the fact. Well, but, not even that, but like Twitter. I love Twitter. I love Twitter so much, but here in the last man month or two, I feel like every time I go on there, I'm getting ready for a fight. It's kind you of know, funny like because, you know, feeling down to the back of your neck, it ten- tenses up just a bit. <laughs> I'm opening it up, up and I just argh, get so angry. But is that a result of the people that you're following and whatnot? Because I like I mostly follow basketball pages and funny things and I never want to like argue with anybody. I, I heard right. making, somebody making caricatures of each individual social media like, you know, Facebook was for sharing your food or something like that. I don't remember exactly what they were, but I remember they said Instagram, Twitter totally. was Instagram. where you go to get a fight in politics. 
like Twitter was that. It, it can be that, but that can definitely also be Facebook. Yeah, yeah, hey. yeah. I mean, yeah, that's what I use it for. Actually, I don't have well, Twitter. I, I feel like I'm not following a ton of that stuff because even Nate Nate texted me the other day, like, "Hey, man, your your Twitter's on point." And <laughs> my girlfriend even told me the other day, like, if I'm ever like feeling bad, I go to your Twitter to read through the things, so I so I get a laugh. So I try to keep my Twitter as lighthearted sure. and nonpartisan as possible. Because I, I, I work in a public space and I'm not trying to, I know I work in a public space and I'm trying not to, you know, pick sides on anything. Right. And I don't really, I don't really care. Unfortunately, it was just probably an awful thing to say, but it just even even with that, I just I can't take it anymore at this point. We we had just talked about how this generation, that both millennials and the I generation, are significantly like double is that what they're called gen z the i gen i think it's z now z z is the the term that kind of has taken over yeah the the ones that after the millennials are gen z and we have no idea yeah. what comes after that which is okay what are those Android, millennials like like know. born 80 to what like 2003 or 4 or something Man, but, but the the naming system you guys like gen, to gen z is basically all the kids that were born with iphones in their hands right so that's there's a you can kind of similar sorry you can kind of break it down by time but really it's about remembering a time before the internet and iPhones where well those are two different those are millennials things. yeah I mean those are that, very different things yeah I, I know there are different things but honestly the iPhone didn't come too much after at least for the me internet because yes, I yes, didn't it did. yes I it didn't did. get it's 2007 real internet yeah I did until like like the internet, he's the internet was around like ninety five, ninety six. For himself. College, what? Like well, we had. Are you speaking? Like, hang, on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Are you speaking for yourself? Or are you speaking for like? What are you saying? Well, I'm I'm using myself as an example that okay. you can't just break it down by time. Well, yeah. Because some well, people just don't have access. In the middle of the nowhere, yeah. You guys couldn't get internet. <laughs> exactly. I remember we, still, we, we would all talk. So we would me, all tell you the internet jokes that were going on. The, yeah, I, I didn't understand. <laughs> but but we were doing crap. it months later, so you thought yeah. we were geniuses. <laughs> <laughs> That's why Alan was so funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, sorry. Yeah, but I mean, I think there's. There, either you can't. I think the millennial generation is. They usually use it by time. I mean, that's how they do it with the baby boomers and Gen X and stuff as well. So I think that's the. It's a good rule thing. of thumb. It's about. Like but I think this, you yeah. can. Yeah, I think they always can bleed break. over at the edges. But I mean, that's a huge generation to talk like 1983 to 2000 is that's, a huge it's so time different. frame. And I think that you can break the millennial generation up into two segments, which I, are I agree. those who remember pre-internet and those who just grew up with the internet. Good. Um, and. Uh, you know, if you can remember time before there was not even just the internet, before there was a computer in your home. I don't remember before a computer. Yeah, we, so we had floppy disks. I know, and we're different ages. And so we have, I think, a different referential about how the even world is because of that. Like, I remember the first time a computer came into our home and it was a big deal. Yeah. Midnight um, Madness, we played that constantly. Yeah. That Road was Rash fun. was the one I played all the time. Reader Rabbit. See, I feel like that's why I appreciate Andrew because we we get each other a little more than <laughs> what I originally thought we did. So yeah. I mean, if you just if you're or at least I get down, you. And you're talking to your mic, please. If you if you break it down into the two different the two different segments, I think you do see uh, a difference in how they relate to the world around them. And then I think that's even you. Know, so you have the later millennials that were that had computers and internet almost in their home from the day they were born. And then you have now Gen Z that 
really grew up with handheld devices like yeah. that you could just have you all know, of the iPads, world's knowledge iPods. at their fingertips it, all the time. And that's exactly. how they made their friends significantly Sure, was outside of a face-to-face platform. Which is why I'm concerned about empathy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That, that's very true. It, and, that's, and a real, with, that's a real thing. What I was saying that they don't make this empathy and this these two generations are significantly more depressed and more suicidal than any generation before them. It's like it's like double the amount. Um, more people come come down with depression, or at least diagnosed. They might be diagnosing more because they're I think recognizing. There's a lot more self-diagnosed as well. Right, sure. right. But the the study also, I mean, the suicide rates are speak for themselves. It's astronomical. It yeah. is. Yeah, and it's it is bleeding into other generations as well. But still, our generation is the absolute worst. I mean. How sad is it when you hear that a child committed suicide? You know, they're like 11 years old. And you're like, oh, my right. gosh. How, what kind of life did they live to get so uh, depressed and hopeless? Yeah. Well, I can't so, remember. Like, oh, go ahead, Doug. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say two things on that. Like, I remember Josh back in the day, whenever he was talking about going to doing his master's, he was talking about doing research on, what was it, uh, driving? I think it was driving. It was uh, like a whatever it was. I ended was up called. not doing that thing, probably. <laughs> huh? So whatever it was, I probably ended up not doing that thing. That's okay. But you you mentioned uh, road rage and how people drive different in the like act different in a car versus face oh, to face. Sure. Oh yeah. I was, and that's yeah, because they a lose a certain that. amount of empathy in a car mm. because they're detached and you're seeing a vehicle and not a person. Yeah, you're sure, not seeing sure. the, the face behind the wheel. Yeah, it's like. Can you believe what that car did to me? Not like, can you believe what that other driver did to me? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And the moment the moment they would meet up to each other and see faces, it would either, one, if there's an anger problem, like they would, you know, escalate. But for the most part, for the average human, it would, you know, oh, there's a soccer mom with 13 kids in there all throwing <laughs> snacks around. Oh, like, those I are feel the worst. bad for her now. You know, instead angry. of mad at her. <laughs> no, yeah, I get you. But uh, so I wanted to throw the bone to Josh there on that. But the empathy thing is a big deal. And uh, I I follow a guy. His name's Dr. Tim Elmore. He does a lot of research on the new generations and stuff for youth. And one of the things is that this generation has he does all this actual research on. This is the most depressed generation. This is the most anxious generation. This is the most fearful generation. And it has nothing like they're more aware of world events than we are. What when you guys? And they're you, more worried about them. All of you keep saying this generation. Which group are you talking? Generation about? Generation Z. Sorry. Okay, that's Gen Z. Just yeah, trying to clear Gen that up. Z. These kids that come after us. And a lot of it is because they they again they communicate through phones right. and they've lost that empathy and maybe not lost but never learned it in the same way that we did. Yeah, I mean, I think there's yeah. I think those are maybe two different things, the, the loss of empathy and the growth of fear and anxiety mm-hmm. and just being inundated with everything negative. Everything is that's out there. Well, that is true. Um, yeah, yeah. The media has just become worse over it, the past 10, 20 years. It actually it actually has. I, I mentioned in the last podcast that I've been reading um, Steven Pinker's new book, uh, Enlightenment Now, and he, he actually delineates this in, in various data forms and graphs about literally how much more negative the really? the okay. uh, 
you know, the papers of record have become over the last 75, 80 years and in the worldwide, like not just the Western news media and stuff, but worldwide, like there's this downward trend um, in negative talk. And uh, he was quoting someone else, but it it really stuck with me and it's helped me try to rethink uh, when I think about and I hear things is, you know, the news cycle used to be, you know, every day you'd get a new paper and now it's like every minute or every second or something new. Um, and the biggest thing that's happened in that time frame to talk about is usually something negative, something happened. No one ever reports on the houses that didn't catch fire or something like that. But it was a really fascinating question. That, sell. Yeah, exactly. exactly. That's like that's the race to the bottom of capitalism with journalism. But something that, that someone else posited was think about if someone printed a paper that was only published every 50 years, what do you think would be on the headline? Oh. Would it be something negative? Would it be some scandal, some, you know, a hurricane? What, you know, what would it be? And he made a good, a valid point that the biggest stories over like a big time horizon are the positive things that we've achieved. Mm-hmm. The the death of, of whole diseases, the lifting of people out, out of poverty, the, mm-hmm. you know, it's the resurgence just, of whole diseases because of anti-vaxxers. <laughs> I mean, but even beyond that, we have put we have put diseases to the grave, which is which is amazing. You know, these things that used to ravish, you know, whole populations that are now no longer even with us. Like those are the big things. But the, but good things unfold over time. Right. And so they don't really get reported. You know, cities aren't built in a day. Good stories aren't built in a day. So you have to have the patience. And that's another thing I think with the the handheld device you know, that's affecting not just Gen Z, but people who now are participating in it. Our time uh, span to be able to focus on on things yeah, are, is, that's, is oh, greatly diminished. Yeah. My own personally mm-hmm. is destroyed. Like, I was going to agree <laughs> with mine. Well, not with you. Sorry, that's with that's you. why I went ahead and deleted all my stuff because sure. I couldn't. I'd be working and I couldn't not pick up my phone and check stuff because yeah. uh, Apple tracks all that stuff for right, you now. Right, yeah, and I. It'll show you the first thing that you open as soon as you pick it up. And I was like, why am I getting on Instagram that much? There's no need for that. <laughs> you know, like there really isn't any yeah. need for that. You know, like I'll just open up email. I don't get a whole lot of emails. I got filters on top of filters. So like <laughs> my e- the, pe- the emails that I get are like very specific. Mm-hmm. So I'm not – why am I checking my email that much? I don't need to. Yeah. And it's just yeah. – my ability to focus has diminished to nothingness almost. I, I kind of think with these negative articles and some of them aren't even like really big articles anymore. Cause like you said, like you get, I get frequent updates on the news and it just buzzes all day essentially. Cause they're, they're sitting yeah, out turn at, those notifications off bro. Yeah, at all oh, different man, times. I can't of the handle day. that. And I never really check them until I want to. I'm actually pretty good at not answering my phone as most people yeah, know. We are, aware. <laughs> <laughs> we are indeed aware of that. Yeah. So I, I think a lot of you want to make immediate buzz. It's like it's like a sugar rush instead of a hearty meal for a uh, for a news yeah, article. It's a really good ex- uh, analogy. Thank you. And it it creates a buzz, and part of it is also just sorry. Our people nowadays are just gossipy like that's all this really is is creating a type of gossip something that will make you go oh my gosh did you hear i think we've always been that way but yeah with communication being instantaneous Mm -hmm. it's so much easier to indulge that impulse it's it's Mm -hmm. a little bit what we mentioned last time was that technology cannot be our savior and it it in no way changes the human condition it only uh shouts it It, yeah (laughs) Yeah. it's not good or bad it It just like accentuates what we already are 
Yeah, that's right. That, that was kind of my thoughts on scientism, uh, which we mentioned before. But we can keep See, going with social media. Seth, Seth jumped right into that. Exactly what I was going to say. Like I turned my mute off and everything so I could say it, and then Seth said it. So oh. more proof that in the podcast forum, Seth and I agree more than <laughs> Yeah, Facebook. we're on the same page here. So I, wanted, uh, I had a point I thought of a while back, uh, going back to like emojis and emoji usage. I kind of feel like this is a split. I feel like especially older millennials, we're in this weird gulf where like, and maybe it's just society at large of whether or not it's acceptable to use emojis. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's weird. It's definitely not professional yet. No, 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 it's yeah. Anything business is like, I send my team emojis all the time. It's fine. No, I mean, if you're just saying like working, like, but I mean, but yeah, that's the thing. Like if you're communicating with younger people, they use them all the time. That's and true. So my team is mostly younger than me, but I don't know. I feel like I still writing whole sentences in text form. So I don't know. Also, yeah, I feel like Josh and I have the personality that jumps onto new things. Yeah, but do like, you guys, yeah, that's a problem. Do you guys get me on this? Like, I feel like we're in this weird spot culturally. Like, we're not. We're too young to be old fogies, but we're too old to be hip. So <laughs> I've always yeah, I've always been an old fogey at heart. Just embrace for yourself. it. Like uh, yeah, I, know, well, I understand. You are wearing some suspenders the, right now. <laughs> some His of mustache the curls people. too. You can't see it on the camera, oh. but he's got the curly mustache. <laughs> the traitor oh, mustache. <laughs> I mean, great. <laughs> uh, a lot of the older generation, when they find emojis, they just go buck wild with them. That's true. That's true too. Oh so my yes. gosh! When the, you get emojis yeah. from your the day your my dad figured out how to use emojis was the best and worst day of my life. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I, there's 18 emojis here. I don't even know what these are for or what they are in relation to. It's like hieroglyphics. You got to yeah. figure it out, man. Why did my mom send me a whole train? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pack your stuff out of the house. No, but it, getting back to what you're talking about a little bit a second ago about. Um, thank you, Josh. <clears throat> He's adjusting my mind. I'm just going to do it for you if you're not going to do it yourself. In <laughs> uh, thinking about uh, the information and that Chase was talking about, it's like a sugar rush and stuff. And they definitely have done studies about, uh, you know, not, not just the negativity, but just any type of information is, is stimulation. Right. And now you have like a constant stimulant in your hand all the time for your brain. And your brain gets addicted to that notification, that update. It can be about anything. It doesn't have to be about negative. It can be about positive or benign stuff or stupid celebrity gossip stuff. Like you were saying, it's all gossipy or whatever. But like it's it's an information addiction yes. that the brain has. And I definitely feel that all the time. Like when I like I've read pretty much all the news sources Still in my won't. in my list that I like to check and stuff and I've buzzed through them. And then at the end of the day, I'm like, all right, I'm waiting for the next update. Like, come on, send me some more news. Like, my brain's ready. I want, I, I want some more information. I read an article. I want more. I want more. Yeah. That said the uh, the part of your brain that signaled hunger is the same part of your brain. It lights up at the same time for a thirst for information. Interesting. And I thought that was very fast. I'd never heard that before that they recently found this out. And I just, I said, that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. I mean, how, and, and, and it can be any type of information. It's not even like right. deep knowledge information right. is just just data you know and so that's why you scroll endlessly on facebook or other things because your brain just wants is just looking for something something else that stimulates it yeah. anything yes yeah. that's, anything. Of, that's, my, that's my problem for sure and i think that's fascinating so we have a innate hunger for knowledge i don't think that's good or bad it just is what it is and that's so fascinating that that was like the first thing the first original sin was that i want this knowledge 
Sure. It was uh, so that it's almost saying the downfall of humanity is its uh, overzealousness for knowledge and it neglects the more important things where, you know, knowledge is is causing you to stumble instead of uh, doing what's right. Also, I mean, on top of all that, speaking from just like a psychological standpoint, whenever you click on something like someone, you post something and you get that little heart on Instagram, whatever, uh, your brain drops a little bit of dopamine. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's the same thing when you uh, yeah. open up a really satisfying like article or uh, like someone comments on your comment. It's the same thing. Eventually, your brain actually can stop producing normal amounts of dopamine because it thinks, oh, I'm getting this regularly from something else. I can stop. Oh. Um, it gets acclimated. Yeah, it does. Uh, and it will go back if you if you like kind of pump Detox. the brakes. Yeah, if you pump the brakes on so, social media. But uh, that And that also goes a lot into what you were saying about depression levels. Sure. I think I have Man, that problem. The other day, You're never on we anything. How do you have that problem? No. It's not. It's not that type of information. Like I oh, okay. always have to be thinking about something, reading something, that doing something. Uh, I don't. I. If you put me in a room and said, "Don't do anything," I'd probably go crazy. Well, I think that's most people, man. <laughs> no, yeah. some people well, are just like, hard. "That's great." I'll just well, sit here. And what is it? Solitude. The solitary confinement. Yeah. yeah. So, well, that. That's I mean, so that's mean. true. It's cruel and unusual. But agreed. I mean, but I, I'm thinking about that, like trying to be more active and involved uh, when I'm alone with my kids is right. and you have this thing in your pocket. Like your kids weren't designed to compete with the whole <laughs> compendium of information the world has ever yeah. had. I think they could try a little harder. And, yeah, probably. But <laughs> well, you know, I don't know, man. I'm just like, oh, I want to like, read this. Okay. I want to check my phone. But I also, you know, I should be spending time with them and playing with them and being silly with them. And yeah. but there's that draw. I've noticed that Instagram has been extremely good at just locking me down. Their algorithm, I don't know whatever algorithm <laughs> they have on Instagram. It is it is crazy how good it is. What's I can the... just look up and realize, "Oh, I've been here for like 15-20 minutes." Huh. See, that's Reddit for me. Like I'm yeah. I can I can get on and off of Instagram, Facebook, you know, let any time. But if I get on Reddit, I might get stuck in a loop and then I'm there for like 20 what's 30 the, minutes. What's the draw of Instagram? What's its purpose? It's photo sharing, image sharing. Photos. Image sharing. Okay, gotcha. Images, but it's not just that. Like you, you, if you like a few things, it will notice what you're liking, and oh, yeah. then you hit one tab button, the search button, and it'll start suggesting things to you. Yeah, it curtails and your searches. I'm watching airplane videos after woodworking videos after <laughs> you know it's just a constant stream that's like right up Ditton's alley. Right, <laughs> right, and they're just throwing them at you. I think yeah, there's something to two images. Uh, as a form of language, sure. um, you know, I'm not, I'm not talking about like emojis and stuff, but but the ability to share, um, you know, whether you've drawn them or, or taken a photo or something, and that our ability and our ability to share them worldwide is becoming a worldwide language that's separate yeah. from English, Chinese, whatever kind of you know the traditional forms of yeah. communication. Images are now capable to to be shared so easily and so readily, like never before. Um, you know, you used to have the printing press and things like that, but it's it's even more now, well, especially with technically things, with, what with a whole, meme is, isn't it? With a um, meme, yeah. yeah, a meme, yeah, and with with whole apps that are really designed just to share pictures, not even really like mm -hmm. text or word. Uh, that that's becoming really the universal language. That, um, that's really fascinating because uh, we're talking about communication, and the left side of the brain is language. That's more of your uh, analytical side. But with the pictures, you kind of surpass that language on the left side, and it goes straight into more of an emotional 
um, understanding of something. From the right brain? Yeah, from the right side of the brain. Picture's so. worth a thousand words. Indeed. Because, yeah, I think that's why they say it, because it hits a lot deeper than sure. just a paragraph of something. Like, it, it, it hits something, a more uh, intuitive part of your brain instead of something that's analytical. Sure. So that, that's an interesting form of communication. It, Obviously, it's it also works interesting. for propaganda. It's also interesting that we're essentially... It's like, in a way, moving back towards hieroglyphics, right? Like, <laughs> sure. Yeah, like, that's exactly what emojis are. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, that's how we started communication in written, written form was like, oh, this looks like this. Little we'll pictures. use a picture to represent yeah. what we mean. But I often find emojis even less helpful than hieroglyphics. But. <laughs> uh, I mean, the Egyptians were really into cats. We're really into cats. It's all oh the same thing. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's the end times. But fascinating about, about the, the left and right brain and, and <laughs> forms of communication that uh, just jogged something in my memory about um, how, how music works. And uh, a lot of, you know, people think of, of art and music very similarly, but, um, you know, the creativity of art and, and, and painting and drawing and, and even like writing stories and things is in a different, from what I read, is in a different part of your brain than the, the part of your brain that understands music. And that music hits more of the emotional mm-hmm. um, undertones yeah. in, in your brain. Like it's a, you have an emotional response um, more to music and your ability to, to produce music and create music resides more in an emotional part mm-hmm. as opposed to the more creative part of your brain when you're creating other types of, of art, which I thought was really fascinating and, and uh, right. really spoke to me in, in thinking about how music, music is able to speak to you on such a deeper level because it really hits and speaks to the emotional side of your brain. You're talking about... That's why... Filmmakers and musicians are very different people and sure. why musicians can't make a music video to save their life. <laughs> <laughs> or why scores are so important to movies. Yeah, I was about to say why. Exactly. You were talking about childhood development uh, earlier this week and how a lot of schools are starting to teach Hebrew sure. because it exercises a different part of the brain than English does. And so if they learn them simultaneously, it, it exercises like the, a, like the full section of your brain. I, I guess I don't know how exactly to describe that. But uh, l- playing music uses both sides of your brain at the same time. You, and, and so I thought that that's was really fascinating. So that's amazing for childhood development. If you can start off learning music, mm-hmm. just uh, exercising the brain. No, nah, we don't need to fund that. Just cut all that. <laughs> nah, <out. laughs> cut it well, all. Definitely props, definitely props to musicians. I mean, uh, my wife plays the piano and I... Yeah, I mean, thinking, I, I saw like a, a meme at some point talking, talking about all the things that your brain is doing while you play the piano. Oh, that crazy. was the old fogiest way to say meme, by the way. Probably. <laughs> I That's saw funny. one of those there those, those memes. memes. I don't know. Is that how you use that word? On those interwebs. Anyway, but it's, it's just utterly fascinating. Like, I mean, you're, when you play, you're playing with your left hand and your right hand. Yeah. And so you're doing different things all while reading the page. Tapping and your two feet. different, And you're reading two different lines. Yeah, using the pedals yeah. and like. It's really an amazing uh, feat of of just you know dexterity and that's kind of I guess that's why the percussionists they're playing two different rhythms with different hands so their bass note hand is doing something different than their lead note hand yeah that's something else piano players rule man man they are that reminds me of is it okay to reference other podcasts yeah sure on here. Radio we've lab. done that so many thousands of times. <laughs> is that a uh, yeah. bingo check card? Like Joe Why are you just yeah. now asking that? No, this is this is Radio Lab actually. So it was a uh, what is the uh, I think it's Ragtime. Is it Ragtime? That's like very yeah. much two rhythms at once. Type They got this guy who was like a a world famous, or maybe not world famous, whatever. But like a really good Ragtime. Well, I mean, there's musician. like three of those Piano dudes player. left. I think so. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. But he could like. He could imagine in his brain, 
like different scores of music simultaneously at like like That's up so to nuts. four and like wow. keep them running in his head like it was insane yeah like that's you want to talk about a crazy feat. That yeah. was nuts. This I is a wish conversation I was born with for a crazy probably brain. Nathan to be here, but like math rock is one of those same oh, same yeah, type yeah. of things yeah. where everybody plays in different time signatures. And it meets up in certain And it all meets up in certain, yeah. certain I'm gonna spots. have to get Nathan to give me some uh, suggestions for math rock then. <laughs> you <laughs> should you should listen to it. It's real weird, but it's kinda I, cool. I think, it think sounds like something it. I would like a lot. I, actually. I think that sometimes Tool actually plays two different timings. Like you know, the, now they're the worst. What? <laughs> How dare you, sir? Nathan loves Tool. And he's the music. That's, That's where the slang term a like tool came from. You know, from. if Nathan, what yes, the tool is. is actually, if you look on their original, it's just it looks like a wrench, but it's got two holes on the bottom, so it looks like a tool. Okay. It doesn't look like Chase at all. <laughs> Son of a. I love you, Chase. I'm just saying, if Nathan wanted to be here to defend Tool, he should have showed up for the podcast. So, <laughs> I guess just me and Nathan then, because he's always like, dude, dude, they're coming out with the new CD. I was like, they've been doing that for five years. It's I don't, not coming out. I don't dislike Tool. I just don't like them. They're just not. I not couldn't my name top. a single song. They're, they're, uh, I like the music videos. Their 10,000 Days uh, is quite a bit different than some of their older ones, mm. uh, like Stinkfish or not, uh, what's Anima. I'm sorry. Anyways, sure. that um, one, it's more of a story. Like the music plays out to be a story. And uh, our other friend, Noah, who's a sounds more musician, to me. He, he said that, and I agreed with him, the only way to listen to an album is how they prepared it in order. Don't like pick and choose songs. Like listen to the whole thing because a lot of times they're trying to... Smoke a ball? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they, exactly. have, they have it put that way for a reason, a lot of people, and it, it creates more of a... Uh, a story a flow. to what they're doing, yeah. I mean, it depends what album you're talking about. Most albums, I would say yes, but a lot of them are just well, some. No, I'm like, not. Yeah, not even. Yeah, not Taylor Swift's album that. is just set up to How have like, a bunch you, of sir. hits. Oh my god, I love Taylor Swift. So I mean, much. I like yeah, Taylor Swift too. Yeah. People talk so. about everything after Gustav Mahler sounds the same. I'm sorry, I just had a little mini stroke from all the pretentiousness there. So. <laughs> <laughs> what were you saying? Um, Curl your mustache a little, little a more before you say that. Brooklyn Nine. I can go get you a top hat. Oh, that was a Brooklyn Nine Nine joke. You're right. Dang I, it! I now it. I feel bad for missing hey, the reference. Hey, that's a new checkbox. <laughs> I love Brooklyn Nine Nine. <laughs> um, one cool thing that I, I was reading about, um, and this is a little bit older of a study that they were doing, but they they basically hooked up a bunch of musicians um, to like uh, EEG. Right? Is that your brain? Sure. I actually, EK, don't know EKG. EKG. Thank you. EKG. Um, I don't know. So. Mo- they monitor brain waves and patterns, and. Uh, after the like one minute mark of the song, any song they played, like the whole band's like brain synced up to the same waves, which was just rad. They yeah, that's synced up. Eh? I don't know what that means, but it's cool. They should do that for people like those monks who chant and stuff, and see what their brain waves. See what happens. Ooh, that'd if they're be cool. all like in sync. I mean, because it's it's definitely a form of like trance. Oh yeah, 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 yeah it's, it's a meditation. Well, what's what's your beta waves is typically what you're at, right? Like when you're awake, Josh? I believe so, yeah. And I'm pretty sure when they go into a lot of chantings, they go into alpha waves, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it's just a different form of consciousness. It's, what, more, it's more like a dream sleep mode. Man, I'm so... i got to remember what the Trance. waves were. Because there's alpha, way. beta, theta. Yeah, there's there's several and different Alpha waves. and Gamma. theta have to do with... Zeta. What a theta male. I'm an alpha. <laughs> <laughs> my oh brain's my always I'm an alpha, alpha mode. wave. I'm always an alpha wave man. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I don't know. I'll have to look into that because okay. that's 
I think hey, it might be Theta Waves. Ditton, what do you need for a bingo? I got it. I'll, I'll hit you, man. <laughs> uh, what is it? Uh, space conspiracy corner. Yeah, so uh, well that leads us into our next topic. What was your topic? Conspiracy you corner. To I'll have to put the Ancient drop in right alien here. Alien space science. Alien space. Science. I have a conspiracy theory corner. You have a conspiracy corner though. No, I have like a little music drop that I he play. Has a, oh, he has an intro. Or you know if you listen to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, you know you that know, if you listen to the freaking podcast. Yeah, I don't listen. I'm sorry. <laughs> I make the podcast. I'm sorry for being so What's the topic? What's the topic? Well, I didn't, I didn't really have like something specific, but it's more about conspiracies. At what point, like conspiracy has kind of become a... Uh, Put your mic up to your face just a little bit. We're getting a lot more background than you. A more of a slang... Much better. No, not a slang term, but a, uh, it has condescension in it. Ah, uh, it's conspiracy. But like still, some conspiracies turn out to be true. And uh, so at what point do we no longer call it a conspiracy, even though it, that's exactly what it's called? Like we have this ambiguousness. You just want to talk about the word conspiracy? Well, we can talk about specifics that things that have come true that are that were conspiracies, like uh, the sterilization of the black community in the United States. It was like that was a conspiracy that actually happened, and also the the poisoning of the uh, alcohol in the uh, what what was that the prohibition uh, in prohibition era killed ten thousand people. Like these are conspiracies and so and these also give credence to uh, the government and a lot of other conspiracies that probably yeah. aren't true so yeah so, so we're, we're kind of talking about like like denotation definition versus connotation right, right right exactly so like the definition of a conspiracy is just any like <clears throat> a group of people coming together right a group one, of people it's a secret plan by yeah. a group of people to do something unlawful or harmful according to google well, right. there, you go. there you go thanks then so, but you're but right. The, the connotation is very much like this, like it's just crazy fake. thinking, like mm. making up, believing stuff that flat Earth. Sure, this wild stuff that's happening. Yeah, you're, you're wearing tin foil on your head, like you're a nut job. I line my hats with tin foil. That's so. probably for the best. <laughs> I use copper wire. Keeps for the sweat tone. down. Hope, that'll cook your brain in Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so like it's just a baked potato. <laughs> <laughs> I interrupted you really. I mean, mean, conspiracy is very, you know, historically speaking, is is pretty common and, uh, you know, was undertaken by some of the brightest people. I mean, the assassination of Julius Caesar is a conspiracy by some of the smartest people that, you know, would have lived at that time. So, right. But we know about it. Right. Because they were successful. What do we not know about? Well, but yeah, that's (laughs) the thing is the whole definition of conspiracy is a secret. Well, I mean, yeah. they, they successfully kept it secret until they were successful. Knifed him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's hard to keep it. that a secret. I mean, that was the whole point. 32 that's, times. To make it public. Yeah. That's why they did it in the... They yeah, wrote that's, a whole play about that's it. That's kind of the difference between <laughs> what we would think of like as conspiracy thinking is like the it's idea hidden. that these it's things could stay secret like years and years and years after they happened, right? Sure. Like the JFK, that JFK was actually murdered by the CIA and well, they've been able to keep it secret this whole time. Like... Okay. The moon landing was fake, but you would have to have like literally thousands of engineers in on that conspiracy, yeah, yeah. Without, and none of them would have talking. had to say anything. No, yeah. I still have problems with the JFK thing because wow. they still they said fifty years later we will give out all the documents, and then and they pushed it back, right? Yeah, yeah, and and you know it's all still redacted. We're released just with super redactation, like you see, and the uh, and that's just all because everything else important is redacted. 
It's interesting. I'm I'm not, I'm over exaggerating. Again, I I just I feel like a part of that might have been on purpose, but two, like that that's its own conspiracy. But the amount of people to keep things under wraps that would be necessary, sure, is just it's. I mean, you know, again, we were talking about earlier how much gossip and how much we like to be the expert on a matter subject. Yeah. Like, that's just human nature to just spill the beans. <laughs> that's why I find it fascinating about a lot of these secret societies, especially if you think about the skull and bones. Like, their people don't talk about it. Like, okay, we we've kind of figured out what's going on in the Masonic temples and such for the most part, um, but the the Skull and Bones, we do not know about. They will not talk about it. And there's yeah, a lot of there's a lot of people on and the, they made it seem like it was. Well, maybe it's not, but it's interesting that this group of people constantly get uh, put in the the CF Council of Foreign Relations, CF the CFR. Thank you. Council on Foreign Relations. Council on Foreign Relations, mm-hmm. and a lot of those people become president. Like that's one of the best places to be to become president is being on part of Council of Foreign Relations. And that's a huge conspiracy. About. I don't think Donald Trump was on the CFR. No, he wasn't. And he gave me hope that the government is actually running and people aren't just like controlling it, if that makes sense. I mean, I think you can also just think the most well, of the that's people probably one. that joined the Skull and Bones, yeah. which is a society at, at Yale University, right. uh, probably also come from money. And money might right. play a huge factor in their ability to money? secure those To keep things secret. No. Money keeps Less things so secret. than the society <laughs> itself, you know. The reason they're I, on the CFR isn't because of the society, but because of the money that allowed them to be in the society in the first place. I, I like that answer so much more because there's a lot of talk about even even privilege and certain different different things. And when you when you trace the money, that's where you really see the power. Yes. And even even culturally, you know, like oftentimes conspiracies, blah, blah, blah. We could talk about it in the concept of conspiracies. Is probably not this. It's probably more these are the people with money and connections. Sure. Exactly what Andrew was saying. I, but, I, man, but, thank I mean, you, I think Andrew. you could, you could pull that in, in another direction, just thinking something differently. And we don't have to, and I honestly don't want to talk about climate change as like a big topic, but in thinking about where the money is, there's a huge amount of money in climate science and yeah. you know around the world and there's a lot to be pushed and you know, to think, think about if you think about that. where the yeah, money is. I'm with Seth. Because I don't you don't, see you don't think businesses would benefit off of certain policies from no, climate change. This kills I think there's businesses. a million times no, more businesses exponentially would much rather more. Okay, okay, hang on. We we can't have three Sorry. people talking at the same time. Go businesses get, would much go. rather want to just like be able to do what they want without regulation and whatever it does to. It depends their on what atmosphere. business, though. No, no, that's human nature. There are no businesses that benefit benefit from climate change. It it doesn't matter what businesses as far as if they want to be subject to any kind of regulation. No business wants to. Like they would rather not be subject to regulation than be subject. What about energy companies for wind and solar? They would much rather not have be regulated. But they're pushing their energy to be bought and sold instead of uh, petroleum products. Because it's, it's marketable right now. Yeah, they'd rather their competition be regulated. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Which is what so, they're so trying they, to achieve. So there's and still there's lots of money, money to be made if they're successful. Yeah. Because then their things are preferred. I don't understand. Like, I, have the I honestly of, cannot the, understand how you think that no company would benefit off of policies. That, yeah. No, I'm saying no company wants regulations on itself. I I disagree with that honestly, 
because a lot of companies put in regulations that they, they write these these laws they give them to the congress and they pass them and they use those to keep a lot of other companies small companies oh, yeah, from yeah. competition That's fair. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, so they've used the government to their advantage. Right. And that, that's not a little bit of a rabbit hole. Not exactly yeah. what yeah. I was trying okay, to talk guys. about. I was just talking about the when thinking about money as power. Okay. And if you can, then the more money that you can gain, the more power theoretically you can wield. And so you can, I think there is something to be seen in this. And I'm not, I'm, look, I'm not talking about the specifics of, of the merits of the science and, or anything like that. And I just really want to talk about the money game and the idea of trying to uh, regulate something else or m- take money away from one other sector, which they have also done. There are lots of beneficial tax breaks for oil companies yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. But trying to move Not in Oklahoma. to move that power <laughs> and, you know, in their favor then moves the money. And then when the money comes, the power comes. And sure. so that I think you can see if you want to talk about and again I'm not saying it's an actual conspiracy but if there's if there's any kind of conspiracy it's really about the, the movement money of money power. and power okay. uh, than than about the actual thing itself. The, oh, yeah, I don't, I I don't want to go that. I'm with you I don't want to go too deep on this topic but the place where that analysis breaks down like the money is behind it or whatever or that there could be a conspiracy with money behind it is the scientists like the scientists have no money like mm, that's not true. It's not that they have no money. It's that they're not like reaping massive financial benefits from. But it is doing this. And jobs, then you also it's job security this. in yeah, a lot of a senses. lot of grants. The more grants, the more governments put money into it. The more grants. I mean, I can definitely understand I mean, like groupthink type stuff, right? Like you don't want to bug the trend. Well, yeah, I but it's not just groupthink. It's about don't end the funding so that we can keep doing this because I built the whole life around but it. But see, that's the thing is but like they're making like thirty-five to forty-five thousand dollars a no. year. Yeah. They're not making. No, and you think really high up. You actually guys? also have a they bunch can. of scientists that could go like literally oil companies will pay them to be on their science board or whatever. Exactly. Tenured and fund their research otherwise. Tenured right? professors make pretty good money. Yeah, tenured professors. Yeah, they're rolling, man. But, I, mean, I think you but, can see the politicization of science. But if we want to talk about if we want to talk about power and money, like tenureship is like being carved out pretty pretty roughly. Like that's being carved out, and it's moved to like adjunct and part time faculty yeah. because oh, the current been. because the current tenure professors are reluctant to give up their posts so that a new well, I mean, it's that, but it's also a money and power along. play. Like right, they have money and power, costs, and they're not going to give it up. I'm saying it's not on only on the tenured professors, right? It's like and they don't want to be regulated. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> truth. It's not. It's like it's also the administrators and the entities oh, themselves, sure. right? Like they would rather not have tenured professors. To, tenured yeah, professors. they're more easily to con- more easy to control if they're not tenured. Yeah. So they yeah, and they just keep expanding. And they're all the, cheaper. All the bureaucrats. Oh yeah, fill way cheaper. Um, the, you know all the other posts that they're creating, like the administration and. I mean, adjunct professors like make less than half of what a tenured professor would. Like, it's ridiculous yeah, it's how little they would make in comparison. Yeah, are the uh, are the salaries public for Oklahoma? I know in Col- yes. when I was in Colorado, I remembered that. Uh, are they? There, there was it depends, uh, adjunct, That'd be interesting adjunct professor find. at OCCC. Uh, it was it specifically was like seven hundred fifteen dollars per credit hour, and I think that came out to be like forty thousand dollars if you were full time. Uh, I I, so I can't remember exactly. Yeah, that's not not a ton. No, it's not. So mm. it's a little bit more than a high school teacher, 
That and that's that's starting out. You can definitely make more than that. But I'm yeah, saying that's if you, like community college. Yeah, I mean, that was community college to begin with. But yeah. yeah, at least in Colorado, like they have a law that um, oh wow, any public school or sorry, any public employees, their salary is public, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And is so, it everyone down to the janitor? Maybe even federal. Federal has that. Well, I know federal, but it's not for everyone. It's usually they only actually you can get the information through a FOIA request. Yeah. But if the if they're not in the top ten percent of their sector, then that's redacted. Interesting. That uh, I don't actually know on that on that front. I only know because I've I've actually looked it up recently. I know this with federal, but you have a rank, and everything is with that rank is sure. Yeah. So you have the range, range, but you can't get their specific salary. I mean, unless you have a FOIA request. But yeah, I was. or unless you just find out that they're like a WG or WL or GS, GS whatever. GS5, GS10. You, know, you, can, you can find it out pretty. Right. Yeah, so I was just saying you can find the range. Like if they're GS13, the you have a pretty good idea the step that they're making over 100000 a year. Yeah. Yeah, you're not going to get the step number. That's true. Yeah. I need to talk to you guys about that because I'm trying to get on at Tinker. And there was like a new NH, one through four, and I had no idea what that meant. No, don't. I don't know what it is, but don't do it. Uh, I, don't I say uh, go uh, for uh, it, uh, Chase. Uh, uh, just because they're both saying no. <laughs> I thought he was saying no about talking to it about on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So just quick. No, I quick, thought he wasn't yeah, going to talk about yeah. it on the podcast. Josh either. cuts thing out. And I just, I need yeah, to talk no, to I'll you cut guys. this out. Um, out. Don't talk about it on the podcast. So a quick Google, I, I Googled it, and a typical University of Oklahoma assistant professor salary is 82000 It's pretty good. Yeah. Twice what That's Chase pretty was decent. Saying. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't triple C. Twice what I'll triple C. Yeah. But I'm, I need, well, it said. A salary can range from forty-seven thousand to two hundred and seven seventy. Yeah, pretty. So there were definitely there, there were well, definitely I mean, some of my law school professors that were making like over two hundred thousand a year. Sure, I mean, and it was honestly mostly based on tenure, like people that had been there forever. Yeah, you're there for a long time, and and you honestly you can take on other things like, you know, like if you're the head of the department or you know various things like that. Yeah, what kind of research you're doing. There's more responsibility for you. Yeah, and and I mean, and I don't know how much. I don't know what some of them make when they do research and stuff and they publish that, how much if they get any kind of um, financial benefit off of the research that they do or if it all attriculates to the university. I mean, I would say the majority of it does, but is there any, you know, is there bonus? Is there, you know, some incentive for you to... That's a trick. Most research doesn't make any money at all. Like most research papers. Yeah. Right. Oh, I'm not saying that... Maybe maybe in but, STEM but it's you more get, so. You get and money for, for publishing down. papers. Typically, if you publish something... Well, this, this is much. in the private sector. I know that you would get a thousand to two thousand dollars for uh, a published paper on that your research. Took you how long to research? Like six months to a year. Yeah, yeah. So it's not <laughs> yeah, a whole like lot of bonus. Six months to a year of your life. Yeah, but you're getting paid for it the whole time. But you get like a bonus for completing it, essentially. But I mean, yeah. they're definitely. I mean, universities make can make tons of money through various. I mean, you think about the University of Florida and Gatorade, the University of Minnesota, uh, and the Honeycrisp Apple. And now That's the University like of Oklahoma is working on yeah. on yeah on uh, like a lot a of fracking. radar and uh, mm. um, weather stuff you know that can you know can is easily applicable to government and other things. Um, but I'm saying you know I I'm imagining that there's probably some financial incentive for the people who are actually working on that stuff. You know it doesn't all attriculate right. to them. But if we go back I mean, to the original patents and stuff oh, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. patents are very valuable. If we go back to what we were talking about, like there's that same problem with the the number of people that would have to be in on such a conspiracy and all keeping it quiet like it does not make any sense no i mean and you were talking about getting on with the government and stuff i mean if you've ever done any work or with the federal government or any state government you know either working with people from there or doing something like you immediately are are 
just realized that it's it would be impossible for any any government in the United States to achieve anything <laughs> like what these conspiracy yes. people tell oh us. Oh my God! Yes, like yeah. It's just not there. Just, There's some really good why, people in government, but overall, government tends to yeah, be very that's, incompetent. That's why overall the most compelling conspiracy theories to me are ones that like have a small conspiracy like at the core like only a small set of people would need to be involved so so i mean obvious conspiracies that are true are military action yeah and they keep those secret sure at least i hope so um so uh, so well, in what there's reasons why they <laughs> yeah like they should keep it secret i'm not saying there's reasons they shouldn't. why spies exist they find that out Right, so so there are ways that the government does keep secrets. Right, but usually sure. the, those are what I'm saying is like a smaller number of people are usually involved mm-hmm. in that. And, and compartmentalization is is yeah, one of their ways to too. do that. Yeah. Like you might have, you know, top secret clearance, but only for certain specific things. Uh, it's not it's not just I get to know everything that government knows, and then people think there's above top secret, but I don't know anything about that. Lizard people. <laughs> This is lizard people level only. <laughs> what about wizard people? Yes. That's what I've been going for, man. Oh, my stupid dog. Can you hear that on your end, then? Dogs. Do you want me to lie? No. <laughs> Sorry, listeners. No. Okay. I'm going to edit that out. It's fine. Um, so Why'd you look up? Is it up in the attic? No. Yeah, it keeps the dogs in the attic. <laughs> you, you went like, oh, my stupid dogs, and you look straight up like that. Yeah, no, that was, that a, was like that a, was a, a why God. Exasperation. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I was asking the Lord why. I was like, you put your dogs in the attic? That's where everybody keeps them, right? So, so did we want to keep going with uh, social media? We've been off that for a little while Do now. Why don't we hit back to it? Let's hit your ancient technology. I thought that's what you were going to talk about. Ancient science. Yeah, yeah I, I just tried to set it up for you and everything. Yeah, no, early, he, like, like, he pitched you a slow conspiracy. ball and you just like let it go right think, by you. Dang. Okay. Does anybody else feel like we're being I attacked by an octopus? Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on with oh that. Oh, my God. Right it's like a three-tiered Is that a sex something toy? I'm not going to talk about. On a <laughs> I think it's a tripod. Uh, well, I wish it's a tripod. <laughs> you wish it was a tripod instead <laughs> of a sex I, toy? That's what I heard. If I could afford tripods, I wouldn't have to buy all these sex toys. Oh, jeez. So, so ancient science, <laughs> there are, uh, you know, some ancient texts and religious texts, various ones, not any, I'm not trying to get specific, that have scientific statements in them that should not have been known at that time frame. So why do we still hold a, uh, this specific view of civilization, the pop science view of how civilization occurred, was this very slow working. And, and in recent years, since Gobekli Tepe and that, uh, that other city off the coast of India that's underwater, that these, they, they believe they're about 12,000 years old. And that civilization could not have existed then. Yeah, a lot of people don't even believe the earth is that old. <laughs> well, I, I'm just saying, okay, maybe, whatever. Even if it's younger, they're saying that civilization did not occur then because it had to occur much later during uh, the Sumerians were like the first civilization and that's when they finally got agriculture. But they're saying with these older civilizations that they had to have been agricultural because there's no way they would have enough resources to feed that many people. Right, in, in a small area and, and have that much free time to actually put up structures. Aliens. Sure. Hey, you know, we can go there. A lot of people have postulated that. So. 
So what was I it? just Prometheus, the engineers. Yeah. So that movie was good. I don't care what people say. It was, it was way it was better terrible. than people no. give it credit. That movie was terrible. No, it was fine. Were you entertained? It was awful. So I enjoyed it. Oh. Weren't you entertained? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a good. Gladiator. Gladiator. That's a good movie. It is a good movie. Yeah. Did you know? I was entertained. (laughs) He he had a album came out with him singing a bunch of songs like right at the Gladiator. Russell Crowe. Yeah, yeah. Russell Crowe has an album. Was it called Russell Croner? It was awful. Isn't he in a rock band? He's he's got like a thirty odd foot of grunts. Come on. (laughs) Where are y'all at pop culture wise? That's the name of his band. Come on, y'all. Serious? Is that really? I I thought he had a. I thought he had a band. It's That's an, hilarious. It's an Aussie band, but, I mean, yeah. Hey Chase, about that topic you were talking Which about. Which is as band as maybe. <laughs> so we have, uh, like, crazy. Let's let's just take one. Like the, the flood story. There are two thousand different flood stories across the world, and they're all then gl- they're all global in the most part. And there's a lot of denial still in the popular science. I mean, these are these are ever these are types of scientific statements of how the Earth behaved. Like, okay, this happened, but they there's still there's a lot of denial about it too, and it's just like, why why do you want to? What evidence do you have that it didn't happen uh, compared to the evidence that it did happen? Why why, why would these people across the world lie about a global flood? Did they have a conspiracy to come together and talk about this flood? It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And uh, if we also go into, let's just take the biblical flood story that says the fountains of the deep were opened up. So it didn't just rain. It's saying that it spewed water out from beneath the earth, which until recent time frame, we couldn't believe that until the 70s, I believe, was when we'd found uh, underwater vents for uh, saline water. So... Uh, I mean, why would the Bible know that? And the fact that, um, I forgot I was going with it. It's okay. My head got to talk in front of my talking. So uh, it's about the the vents. Oh, oh, and now just within this decade, we found out that there is more water underneath the earth than there is above the earth. I mean, it's not drinkable water by any means. Wait. There are there's oceans in the oceans. There or? are more water beneath the crust of, or maybe you know within the crust of within the, the earth. crust, but like below the surface or whatever. Right. Then, then below all, the oceans. Then everything that's on the surface. I think it's fresh water. Are you sure it's fresh water? Yeah, it's fresh. fresh water. Well, that would be even more dope. No, like there's more like than I think there's only like point two percent or something ridiculous of fresh water that's drinkable on the surface. On the surface, right, and right, then yeah. there's there's a certain amount of fresh water that's under. Yeah, I mean that's pretty. Not, that's not far down, like aquifers and stuff. But no, it was something. But it, says, it was something. About you're talking about deeper than aquifers. Yeah, like this is you know thousands of feet down and oceans worth, uh, it, which is mind blowing. We so didn't you're saying know if we drilled too deep, we could drown. It, I don't think it's that much. <laughs> that's what it said. So we shouldn't try to drill to the center of the earth. That's what I'm hearing. I mean, this is p- pretty recent discovery within the past few years. Uh, let's say five. We could pop our balloon. What? Well, like we we have like we a, have like pretty accurate uh, measure <laughs> of the amount of water because with the different satellites and stuff that we have, like and the amounts of measuring of gravity, like we can we can measure that pretty accurately. I could 
look it up here real quick. But there's there was a video I should send it to you, Chase, of a guy who does like special effects and graphics. Okay. Made like a visualization of how much water is actually on the Earth. Okay. So you could see it, and it, it was it was pretty interesting. To once you once you have a visual like cue of oh, it's only the width of Florida is the amount of drinkable water. Sure. Yeah. Like if yeah. it was put put into a sphere, like that's the amount of drinkable water that we have, and we're just spraying it on crops. So, you know, like that's terrifying. a problem. <laughs> yeah. And th- he even had like numbers for the amount of water that's trapped underground right now. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I I wish I had the numbers. I don't have them, but I can that's water the that it's pretty is, interesting. Is gettable. Yeah. Okay. As Painable. compared to the water that's even deeper, that's not that we can right. see Get via gettable. satellites, but isn't isn't really. With our current technology, yeah. capable of being that's what tapped. I mean. Most most water that we get is like fifty to three hundred feet below the surface. That's fresh water. These aquifers, mm-hmm. but th- there definitely are some fresh water that is like three thousand feet sure. down. Well, they definitely go deeper than three hundred feet. I mean, they're drilling wells in California right now because they've lowered the water table so much. Oh, yeah. that are like over a thousand feet deep to tap yeah, into the, they're, like the they're deepest more part of the aquifer. Dif- yeah, different aquifers that you can go deeper with, which is what uh, they've prepared for for nuclear blast shelters. They have to get the water 3,000 so feet down so, so it doesn't have any radiation. It's not sure. irradiated. Um, but it, it, there's so much more water than I, I don't know. I guess I could pull it up if somebody wanted to keep talking about uh, water beneath the surface. As someone who just came back from the bathroom and has no idea what you're talking about. Did you hold your water? Uh, yeah. yeah. You know. No, I said water that. Below the, no, you don't have to re-explain it to me. I'll, okay. I'll catch up. That's fine. <laughs> I was uh, just another, another ancient uh, scientific... Uh, fact i guess it's not really fact but uh Uh-oh. talking about science metal, metal metallurgy a lot sooner than we thought that there was a culture that had metallurgy and in, in my humble opinion what came before the bronze age in ten, metallurgy no oh, nothing i thought you were saying we found a new age <laughs> stone was, was bef- stone, stone and then, was and then bronze, the bronze right age. but now i thought you're saying there's something sure before bronze was, no he's saying someone had bronze before we thought or something yeah some had some yeah type of metal. definitely so so in my opinion, it seems that in the antediluvian world, which is pre-flood, that there was a type of culture that was far beyond anything that we understand. I mean, sure, it could have been, you know, as good as the Romans, or it could have been better um, if they were able to see the isn't vents that, under the ocean. Isn't that what Atlantis is about? Yeah, essentially. Um, we, we've talked about Atlantis quite quite a bit on the podcast. Yeah, we don't have to talk more about yeah. it. Uh, that they were, yeah, an ancient culture. That it was, it was a global society, essentially. So was this Pangaeas before the the, the split in the continents? Uh, perhaps. I mean, not not through our understanding of geology of popular science, but if you believe that Pangaea was a catastrophic event, then yes, which some people do. Um, take the catastrophic theory of the world instead of slow and gradual. I want like to know what Dan great cataclysm because he's shaking his head and I'm loving it, and I just want to know. Listening. Well, like, I there's okay. So there's the flood story shows up in a lot of a lot of ancient civilizations. Sure. I don't I don't know how much actually exists before then. Um, even like even if you want to look at biblically, there's not much that exists before then. I think the floods at chapter six or something like that. Right. So so there's not much that exists even biblically before that. If you want if you want to use right. that source. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of talk that like it was the black sea. What's the like black a, sea? 
like it's the in, it's well, it's a body of ocean in, in the Middle basically. East. Oh, or body yeah, of water yeah. in the Middle East. You know, like uh, know apparently, some of the thoughts of the reason why the flood happened was a wall broke or something that was holding up a lot of the Black Sea. Something finally, like there was rains up in the mountains, and it just kind of washed some stuff away, and it it kind of spilled out into this land basin, basically. Yeah, I, I've heard of that. Uh, or the Black Sea was kind of filled in by the Mediterranean. And now Chase is shaking his head. I wasn't actually. I was standing still. I know well, you had been. <laughs> uh, okay, so like that's 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 one of the theories, and that would explain why oh water's coming up from the ground. You know, if you're these just nomadic <laughs> nomadic people that are just kind of wandering around, like if you're an ancient civilization, you know, pre pre Bronze Age area, just water just coming up from the ground, like a uh, oh brother, where art thou? Like that would be. Uh, that would be a. It would be your whole world went underwater. I don't know. I if mean, it would I think I would use that as evidence. The whole that the, world. If that's true, I would use that as evidence that the Bible's not true. I mean, you could say that, but I don't think that's an accurate statement. Yeah. Well, we don't have to get into all that. But so, so I was talking no, about we don't. Uh, a lot of the evidence. Obviously, like <laughs> if there was a global flood, a lot of this stuff was destroyed. Obviously, so a lot of these texts were from you know people who did survive. And that we're able to uh, recount what had happened and try and bring some of the old world, the antediluvian world, to the modern age. And we do see civilizations pop up out of nowhere. That they already had this knowledge. It wasn't wiped out. It wasn't gone. Uh, and like, like me and Andrew talked about the Sumerian culture. They popped up. They already had system of governance. They already had public schools. That happened in... I mean, it wasn't like, okay, in one year they did this. Obviously, they had to build the infrastructure, but they already had these ideas planned out. They were pre-planned. They weren't uh, slowly gathered. Sumer, man. They're crazy civilization. Sumer. So I want us to be able to keep going, but our wives and kids in the other room are getting kind of crazy. So we should probably cut it off. How long are we at? About an hour and, and ten minutes. Change. An hour and ten minutes, and I'll edit out probably about two minutes worth of stuff. So it's pretty good, pretty good length. I'd like to go longer, but we started really strong. Yeah, <laughs> we spent most of our time on the first topic, but it was yeah. really good. I thought. Uh, yeah, yeah. Good. I think we should come back to that second topic later with whenever he's ready for it. Like, had more time to look up into stuff, you know. Oh, are we talking about sex trafficking? No, no. Once again, talking about your. Th- <laughs> oh. No, right. you're oh, you get bingo didn't on that. <laughs> it's time to meme it. Okay. No, sex trafficking no is one. not a new bingo. No one. Yeah. Blank. No. Chase, are we talking about sex trafficking? No. <laughs> okay. No, we're talking about your your uh, culture. I don't know. Yeah, you just have to send us more. No, we're ancient still on science. You have to send. Yeah, the ancient science. You have to send us more because please don't send me any ancient science. <laughs> so, <laughs> listeners, thank you for tuning into Black Race Radio today. If you guys could like and subscribe on iTunes, uh, Google's Play Store, um, come check us out at BlackMaceRadio.com. Yeah, five star review, please. That helps us aggregate better and just get out there to more people. Share us on Facebook and Instagram and all the social medias that we just bashed for an hour. If you hate Anything us, else? just avoid us. Leave no reviews. <laughs> uh, thanks to Andrew and Denton for being here today. Thanks for having me. Thank you guys. Yeah. I think I, you guys kind of carried a lot of the podcast with the social media. Yeah. I I love it when I don't have to work. So, Sorry, you know. Chase. <laughs> All right. See you guys <laughs> later. <laughs>